Hey, Playmakers, real quick before we get into today's episode, if you're one of those listeners that just cannot wait for that next episode to drop, and if you're over on YouTube and my website binging my content there, I just wanted to say thank you. It means the world to me. But just remember, the free stuff will only get you so far. So if you want my complete proven blueprint for opening a successful and sustainable play cafe or indoor playground business that is profitable from day one, I want to invite you to join me inside my signature course, Play Cafe Academy. Head to the show notes right now to get instant on-demand access to all 12 modules, your detailed pre-launch checklist, your 34-page business plan template, your plug-and-play financial model to help you estimate your startup costs and project your revenue, and everything you need to save time, money, and frustration throughout your entire opening process. For a limited time right now, you'll also get an entire month of free access to Playmaker Society, my invite-only membership created exclusively for Play Cafe Academy students who want to work with me personally to optimize and scale their businesses through coaching, guest experts, legal and operations templates, and plug-and-play resources, plus collaboration with over 220 other owners, plus so much more. Head to the show notes and choose your preferred way to pay in full or over time right now. You'll get more information on the current bonuses. You'll see some success stories of those who have gone before you and exactly what to expect when you join us inside the program. I will see you there. If you're in the play and party business and you want to operate with more ease and joy, all while making the living you dreamed of, I created the Profitable Play Podcast just for you. Join me, your host, Michelle Caruana, for Small But Mighty Tips Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays that will all add up to a big impact on your mindset, your business, and your bottom line. Stick with me to keep the passion and grow the profit in your play or party-based business. All right, Playmakers, so this episode is going to be a little bit different than the content that I normally put out on this podcast, but I think this episode is really important, and that's because after my three-part series all about expanding a successful indoor playground business, where we talked about licensing and franchising and opening additional locations of your own, and as a reminder, that was back in episodes 173, 174, and 175, all of which I will link in the show notes of this episode, but after I released those episodes, I got a bunch of questions from people about buying versus renting a space. And while I typically create content on this podcast for the current indoor playground owner who already has a space and is already up and running, and my YouTube content is more so tailored towards prospective indoor playground owners still in the planning process. Again, I thought it was really important to talk about buying versus leasing on this podcast because I know so many of you have expansion on the mind, especially after that three-part series. So again, whether you're looking to license or franchise your concept or open additional locations of your own someday, I wanted to quickly dive into the pros and cons of buying and the pros and cons of leasing because again, this is a question that I get all the time. So when it comes to finding a space for your business, again, whether it's your first or fourth location, the two primary options are going to be buying a commercial building or leasing. 
Now, there are some playmakers. So, for example, Christine from Sweet Peas Play Cafe in Kokomo, Indiana. There are some playmakers who build their spaces from scratch. So, her space was literally dirt when she signed her lease, or actually, she didn't sign the lease because she owns the land. And she built a complete building from scratch, which she also owns. So she did not sign a lease. But there are some people who build businesses from scratch. But the two primary options are going to be, again, buying a commercial building or leasing a space. And again, both options have their own sets of advantages and disadvantages. And just to reiterate, the decision will ultimately depend on your specific business needs and more importantly, your financial situation. So in this episode, we're going to explore the pros and cons of buying and leasing. So let's dive right in. Here are the pros of buying a existing commercial building. Number one, long-term investment. So when you buy a commercial building, you're making a long-term asset investment in your business. You'll own the property, which can appreciate in value over time, and you will have complete control over the space. So You don't need to get any landlord written approval or anything like that. Number two is equity building. So as you pay off your mortgage, you're building equity in the property. That means you'll have more assets to use for future business ventures. So if you want to expand and get another loan or invest in another business, you'll be able to leverage that equity you're building in the property. Whereas if you're paying rent, that kind of just goes out the window as soon as you write that check. And you're really building equity for your landlord. So this is a big pro of buying a commercial building is building that equity yourself. Number three, tax benefits. And this is one most people often forget. So buying a commercial building can offer tax benefits such as mortgage interest deductions, property tax deductions, and depreciation deductions. And then next is customization. So as I mentioned, when you own a commercial building, you have the freedom to make any necessary modifications to suit your business needs. This can include adding or removing walls, changing plumbing to sustain a cafe, upgrading equipment, all that good stuff. It's all up to you. You are the boss and you do not need approval other than, you know, getting approval from your fire chief and your building codes and things like that. The final pro of buying a commercial building is potential rental income. So if you have extra space in your commercial building, you can rent it out for additional income. So for example, I was just reviewing a business plan recently, and this person actually has thousands of dollars of potential rent worked into her business plan because she's already sought out business deals where she's going to collaborate with a yoga studio and people to rent shelf space from her. And this is going to be, again, a major point in her business where she's going to rely on rental income, again, to pay her bills, to pay herself as an owner, all that good stuff. And you have a lot more flexibility to get rental income if you own the building. All right. Some cons of buying a commercial building. Number one, this one's going to be obvious is upfront costs. So buying a commercial building requires a significant upfront investment way more so than if you were entering into a lease agreement where you might only need first and last month's rent. And this can include a down payment and closing costs. So if you've ever bought a house, you know this all too well. And it could also likely result in a lot of increased legal fees, things that you wouldn't need to worry about if you were just leasing. 
So it's more expensive upfront and you're going to need a much better credit score. You might need a lot more credit history. They're going to really dig into your personal finances a lot more if you're going to buy as opposed to rent. Number two, maintenance and repair costs. So as the owner of the building, you're responsible for all maintenance and repair costs, including HVAC systems, plumbing, electrical, and more. So you can't just call up your landlord the next time somebody puts a diaper in a toilet, right? That's going to be all on you to figure that out. And unfortunately, those costs can get really high really quickly. So this is a big risk for you. All right, number three, market fluctuations. So the value of commercial real estate can fluctuate wildly with the market. That means your investment may not appreciate as much as you had hoped, or it could even decrease in value. So as you likely know, we're heading into a very likely recession where uh, property values might plummet. Again, no one can say for sure quite yet. We kind of have to see how this plays out, as I talked about in a previous podcast episode. But You have to go into this knowing that your property might not appreciate and it could actually decrease in value. So just know that going in. All right, number four, limited flexibility. So when you own a commercial building, you are pretty much committed to that location, right? You're probably signing a long-term mortgage, whether that's 10, 15, or 30 years. This can limit your flexibility to move to a more strategic location as your business needs change. So I can't tell you how many times I see a post pop up inside of Playmaker Society that says, we only opened six months ago and we're already ready for a bigger space. We're thinking about subletting our current lease and getting this new bigger space. So again, if you're a renter, this is a lot of a lot easier of a process to navigate. But if you own your building, again, you made a bigger upfront investment that you might be losing out on, especially if you haven't allowed your property to appreciate yet. And it's just going to be much more costly to find a bigger space and sell your current space or sublet it if it comes to that. So you definitely have limited flexibility if your business needs change or if you decide you want a bigger or a different space. And then the last con of buying a commercial building is management responsibilities. So again, as the owner of the building, you are responsible for managing the property, including finding tenants. So if you're going to be subletting at all or leasing out any pockets of your space, collecting rent, and handling any legal issues. And some other things that I didn't mention around the maintenance and repair conversation is a lot of times if you enter into a lease agreement, your landlord is going to be responsible for snow removal, exterior building maintenance, whole building insurance, fire insurance, flood insurance, window washing, all that good stuff. So if you own your building, you are now responsible for all of that. So you need to do a big cost benefit analysis and really do some soul searching. Is this stuff that you want to manage? Is this responsibility that you want to take on at this stage of your life and business? So again, definite pros and cons of buying a commercial building. All right, so let's flip to the other side of the coin and talk about some pros of leasing a commercial space. So number one, this one is definitely going to be lower cost up front. So leasing a commercial space definitely, definitely, like I said, requires a lower upfront investment compared to buying a commercial building. You don't need as many legal hours. You're not going to need to do closing costs, all that good stuff. Number two, flexibility. So leasing a commercial space offers more flexibility in terms of location and size. 
So not only is it harder to find a commercial building to actually purchase as opposed to rent, if your business needs change, you can easily move to a new location or expand your space, especially if, again, you can sublet do, uh, per your lease agreement or if your lease agreement is only two to three years. You're going to be able to get out of that and easily move to a new space. Next is maintenance and repair costs. So as I mentioned, as a tenant, you are generally not responsible for maintenance and repair costs, depending on if you have a gross lease or a triple net lease. Again, there are some nuances to all of these different scenarios, but typically those are the responsibility of the landlord. All right, the fourth pro of leasing as opposed to buying, lower risk. So leasing a commercial space carries less risk than buying a building. If the business fails, you can simply walk away from the lease without significant repercussions. Again, if you watch my YouTube video all about what happens if you break a commercial lease, you'll already know the six different scenarios that can and will happen if you decide to break your lease. So some have more rep, uh, repercussions than others. Some are definitely going to affect you more personally in terms of your financial livelihood and your personal assets. But generally, there are ways to break a commercial lease or walk away without facing too many long-term consequences, especially if you give yourself a lot of time to navigate these six different options. So if you're wondering about more information or you want to dig deeper into the topic of potentially breaking a lease, again, I'm going to link that YouTube video in the comments because it's a really important thing to think about and it's a really important conversation to have. All right, and finally, shared resources. So in a lease space, you often have access to shared resources such as conference rooms, break rooms. Maybe you're in a, uh, uh, oh my gosh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Maybe you're in a plaza and there are other tenants that you can benefit from. So maybe you're next to a pizza place and you can form a relationship with them to deliver pizza at no cost or at a discount. Or maybe all tenants in a specific plaza have shared parking, and that's a big benefit. And that's because they're all owned by the same landlord. So again, there are some shared resources that you can take advantage of if you're in a lease. Now, some cons of leasing a commercial space. Number one, this is probably the most obvious, but there's no equity building. So when you lease a commercial space, you are not building equity in the property. You're essentially paying rent to the landlord with no long-term return on investment, right? If you ever go to sell your business, your building is not going to be on the asset side of your balance sheet, right? So that's gonna be a big, big downside. Number two, limited customization. So as a tenant, you have very limited control over the space and any adjustments you may make. You may not be able to make necessary modifications to suit your business needs. And then number three, limited control. So when you lease a space, you're subject to the terms and conditions of the lease agreement. This includes restrictions on things such as signage, operating hours, and all that stuff. And also, you have limited control over things that you might not even be thinking of right now. So for example, if you move into a plaza and the landlord, again, owns multiple buildings in that plaza, some other tenants might have non-competes in their lease agreement. So for example, if you want to move into a plaza and lease a space that is next to a cafe that's owned by the same landlord, they might have in their rental agreement that no other tenant is allowed to serve coffee at their facility. And if you're not allowed to open up a cafe as part of your business model, 
that's going to severely limit the amount of revenue and profit you're able to make as a business and the income that you're going to be able to make as an owner. So you're definitely, you know, under the terms of your lease agreement in that sense. So you have to be really careful. The next downside is rent increases. So rent may increase over time, making it difficult to plan for long-term expenses. And you have to also be really careful when you're signing a lease. And this is why I highly recommend hiring a lawyer with commercial leasing experience if you plan on going the leasing route, because so many of my members have accidentally signed leases that have really sneaky clauses in them. Like for example, if property taxes increase, some leases allow the landlord to actually pass that cost onto the tenant. So all of a sudden you might get a bill for five or $10,000 and have to pay it or else you have to vacate. So that's a big risk. And not only could there be rent increases, there could be a ton of things that go wrong in terms of costs or building maintenance, maybe the roof caves in or a pipe burst. So you have to be really careful when you're signing a lease and make sure that you're not going to be responsible for any of those instances. So be very careful. This is definitely on the con side. And one other thing that I forgot to mention under the limited control point that I brought up, if you do decide to break your lease and move spaces or you're having a bad experience with your landlord, for example, some leases have in the contract that you cannot sublet or you cannot license your space to another tenant. So for example, a lot of times if an indoor playground owner needs to break their lease, again, they'll sublet it to a yoga studio owner who wants to rent the space to do yoga classes, or maybe they'll just lease out their commercial kitchen during non-operating hours to make a little additional rental income. Some leases say that you absolutely cannot do that. So that's one other scenario where you want to be really careful that you're reading your lease agreement because if your plan is to sublet or license your space, if you do decide that your business needs have changed and you need to move locations, make sure that those options that I talk about in the video that I linked in the show notes are even going to be available to you because the last thing you want is you know, not many options when it comes to being able to walk away, especially in the case of your business failing when you're already going through an extremely difficult time, both mentally and financially. And then finally, limited rental income. So as I kind of alluded to already, you typically won't be able to rent out any extra space for additional income as the landlord is the one who is responsible for managing the property. So there may be a situation where you can include a you know, specific clause in your lease agreement where you can sublet space, but this is more uncommon. It's going to increase your rent maybe a little bit if the landlord suspects that you're making rental income off of his own space. So again, just be really careful that you know what you're signing and there aren't going to be any clauses in your lease agreement that end up limiting the amount of revenue or profit you're able to make as a tenant. So just to wrap this up, there are so many pros and cons on both the buying side and the leasing side, but I know that if I could choose, I would have definitely wanted to own my building. Now, I know that's not financially possible for everybody, whether you don't have a lot of credit history or you don't have a great credit score or you don't have enough money for a down payment or closing costs. But if you're at the point where you want to start expanding your business and building an empire, whether it's through franchising or opening multiple locations of your own, I definitely want you to consider waiting until you're ready to buy. 
And I talked about the movie Founder in one of my previous episodes about licensing and franchising. And if you went out and watched that movie, like I recommended, it's about the story of how the McDonald's empire came to be. You'll probably remember the saying from that movie that McDonald's wasn't a fast food business. It was a real estate business. So they actually made most of their revenue from purchasing land and purchasing buildings and then leasing those buildings and that land to their franchisees. So this is definitely something to keep in mind as you determine your long-term goals and the wealth that you want to build and the legacy that you want to build for yourself and for your family. So this is definitely something that I would consult an expert with. So if you have a bookkeeper, if you have a financial manager or a financial consultant or a lawyer that you want to consult with, I would definitely be as honest and transparent as possible about your goals and your financial situation. And you'll be able to put your heads together and come out with the best plan of action for you at this time in your business. And you can also put some goals on the board if you want to move to buying in the future. All right. I hope this episode was helpful and I hope it answered any of those lingering questions after we talked about licensing and franchising. So if you have any additional questions, as you can see, I love answering and addressing them. Please feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. I love connecting with you there. And as always, if you found this episode helpful, please leave a rating interview wherever you are listening. It helps so much and I appreciate it more than you know. All right. Have a great day, Playmakers. I will see you right back here soon.